Hello everyone and thank you for coming back for another episode of Homer's Dope Nuts. This is the Simpsons guy and I want to welcome everybody for the last episode in the first season of the Simpsons. Uh, before we start, let me introduce you to my co-host Maverick from the DTS Gaming Group. He's going to tell us a little bit about his own podcast. He's going to join me as co-host, and he's here also to prevent uh, to promote a little event that's going on in Corpus Christi. Take it away, Maverick. Hi, Simpsons guy. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Big fan, uh, longtime listener, first time caller. Um, I'm actually here to heat the call, to ask you as a listener to heat the call and, uh, RSVP at Dungeons and Doggies dot RSP, I'm sorry, RSVP, IFY.com. Um, you can join us on Saturday, March the 14th at 1 p.m. in our spacious Gulf Coast Humane Society community room for a petastic night at our Dungeons and Doggies D&D night and fundraising event. Meet with the most eligible pet adventurers of GHS, I'm um, sorry, GCHS, and play through uh, a one-shot adventure for the fifth edition of the world's greatest role-playing game, that's Dungeons & Dragons. Your RSVP and admission donation secures you a spot at one of the five gaming tables. Yummy snacks to fuel your sword and sorcery escapades, and a gift bag full of epic loot will be provided as well, as part of the entry. Regardless if you are a D&D veteran or a newcomer, we want you at our tables. Remember, this event is to help the dogs uh, and cats and all the animals that they have at the Gulf Coast Humane Society at Corpus Christi. Um, and it's taking place again March 14th at 1 p.m. So I'm hoping that all of you or anyone listening can go out and join us and support and maybe save a couple animals while we're at it. Sounds like a noble cause to me. Uh, so... Before we begin our episode, we're going to begin with our traditional opening. We're going to crack open uh, two bottles of Topo Chico. Ooh, and, I get to join in. Yeah, you get to join in. And hopefully the good people of Topo Chico hear this and they decide they want to sponsor us and our little podtastic adventure. Salute. All right. Salute. <laughs> All right, so today we are going to be talking about some Enchanted Evening, the last episode, episode number 12 of season one. The original air date was May 13th of 1990. Oh, I bet that's before most of your listeners were even born, right? Yeah, that's true. Most, mo most of my <laughs> listeners are 2000s and up. But hopefully uh, with this podcast, they will develop a love for The Simpsons like I have, and you have as well. Hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. All right, so we're going to start off with our traditional opening, the chalkboard and the couch gag. In the chalkboard gag finds Bart writing, I will not yell fire in a crowded classroom. I think this is a, uh, a little uh, homage to that uh, Supreme Court ruling that they said you can't yell fire in a, in a crowded uh, theater. Right, that they they want to limit. We do have freedom of speech, right? But it does have its limits, and I think that was the Simpsons' little homage to that. You know, and that's uh, that's actually a really good point. Now that you bring that up, um, because in case you didn't know, uh, Maverick right here, um, I'm actually related to the Simpsons guy. He's my brother, and we're both teachers. As a teacher, I always have students, you know, trying to tell me, "Sir, 
I have freedom of speech. I can say whatever you want. That's actually very incorrect and very untrue. Um, and uh, the Simpsons guy here brought up a good example of one of the things that we can't do when it comes to freedom of speech. Just something interesting to nibble on later on. All right. So now we get to the couch gag. And uh, for those of you that don't know, and I found this out myself not too recently ago, is that they actually, this was the first episode they produced of The Simpsons. But it is the last episode of the season. Right? Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fact, right? So the couch gags, you know, uh, as couch gags go, this isn't really a gag, right? Why? Because everyone fits. It's a tight, it's a tight squeeze, but everyone fits. Um, but as we keep going, you'll see the evolution of the couch gag. They get more and more elaborate as we go on. All right. So we're going to start off this episode and the Simpsons are having breakfast. Homer and the kids are chowing down while Marge is watching and standing and sipping her coffee. The radio is tuned to KBBL traffic report, by the way. In case you didn't get that right, KBBL, it's another way, you know, it's just babble, right? It's just babble. Uh, so the traffic reporter is called Arnie Pie, the eye in the sky, right? No, guys, this doesn't mean you can call me Arnie in class. I will definitely reduce points from your grade. Anyway. You have to call him Arnie Guy. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no not at all. No. Anyway, uh, back to this, right? Uh, Arnie Pie is saying, bad news, drivers. There's an overturned melon truck in the on the interstate, and it's a mess. There's a lot of rubbernecking and melon wrestling going on. I don't know if melon wrestling is a euphemism for something, but it kind of sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like a fun time is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah it sure does. <laughs> anyway. So, we see Homer reaching for milk, and it reveals a box of donuts. Uh, Lisa and Bart are struggling to get that box because they're fighting for the donut. Oh, by the way, I did forget to mention this. Before, they, before we got to this, uh, Bart actually gets a whole bowl of sugar, and he pours it in onto his cereal. Uh, looks pretty disgusting to me, but Bart seems to like it. Anyway, moving on. Even Maggie is watching the struggle of, between Bart and Lisa as they are wrestling for the donut. But the donut pops out of the box. It bounces off the table, actually not the table, but Homer's head, and it lands on his plate and he inhales it automatically. Next thing we know, right, the kids are all disappointed, right? Bart and Lisa start uh, complaining to Homer while he's eating, while he's eating their donut. Uh, but while this is happening, the school bus honks its horn and the kids head out. Marge, like any good mother, right? She had two good school lunches prepared for them on their little lunch boxes. But the kids run out and she says, wait a minute, you're forgetting your lunch. Are you forgetting your special lunches I made? Bart and Lisa help themselves to Marge's purse and they say, that's okay, mom. We got money. And they put Marge's purse back where they found it. And Marge does not look very happy to be losing that money. Not a good start to Marge's day. Not, not a good start at all. So Marge, who's about to protest, is interrupted by Homer screaming. Why is Homer screaming? Because he just looked at his watch and he realizes he's going to be late for work. So he gets up. He walks around the table. Marge leans in, puckers up for her kiss goodbye. 
but Homer just takes her coffee, chugs it down, and gives it back to her and leaves, and she he leaves Marge hanging with her lips puckered and no kiss. And I'm about to get real with y'all. Um, I've been guilty of this a couple of times. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm only human. Um, it's uh, it's very important to make sure that you nurture that relationship that you have with that special someone, whether it be boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, father. Just make sure you cherish the time that you have with them and don't treat your mother or significant other the way that the Simpsons treated Marge this morning. Just something to think about. I concur. Anyway, so next thing we know, Marge is looking kind of dazed and confused. And she says, well, Maggie, it's just you and me again. But by the time she turns around to look at Maggie, she is already asleep. So Marge is just sits down and, you know, KBBL talk radio is still going on, right? It's all talk 24 hours a day. K-Babble. 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 Yes, sir. Okay. So <laughs> the uh, DJ or the, not he's not DJ, but the, uh, I guess the screener for the phone calls for the show, doc, this is Dr. Marvin Monroe's uh, psychiatric show, psycho psychiatrist show, something like that, right? Uh He's asking people, if you'd like to share your embarrassing problem with our listening audience, we, invi we invite you to call our therapist on the airwaves, Dr. Marvin Monroe. The number is 555-PAIN. And we see Marge, and she's looking kind of nervous, and she's looking at the phone. She's not, she's deciding whether or not she wants to call. And then she hears from the radio, don't be afraid, call now. And this is all the encouragement that Marge needs. She gets up, runs to the phone, and she calls the phone number. So Marge starts explaining her phone number. Her, I'm sorry, phone number. She starts explaining her problem. And the phone screener says, Oh, hey, hey, lady, hey, lady, save your whining for when you're on the air, okay? She was sharing a little, little too much with him. He wasn't interested. He just wants to get her on the radio. Next thing we know, right, we're, we're over at Springfield Nuclear Power Plant, and Homer is listening to the radio. While Dr. Marvin Monroe snuffs out his cigarette and reaches for another uh, donut, he selects another caller, right? And he says, hmm, next we have Marge. She's 34 and trapped in a loveless sham of a marriage. Homer, being totally clueless like he almost always is, he says, hey, turn it up. I love hearing those wackos. And, of course, he's attracted the attention of his fellow workers at the power plant. Next thing we know, Dr. Marvin Monroe is asking Marge, Tell me about your husband, Marge. And Marge, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my best to imitate her voice because you really need to listen. You need to watch this, right? Oh, this is going to be good. Yes, this is going to be good, right? And she's like, tell me about your husband, Marge. And Marge, right? She gets on the phone. She's like, when we were dating, he was sweeter, more romantic, and 40 pounds thinner, and he had hair. And then this is barely coherent. And he ate with utensils. And she breaks down crying at the fact that Homer no longer uses utensils when he's uh, eating now, like civilized folk. And Homer... He recognizes the voice, but he refuses to believe that it that it's his wife, right? And uh, 
you know, he says, the, the, the guys at the power plant ask her, hey, Homer, isn't that your wife? He says, no, my wife worships the ground I walk in, right? But next we see, we hear Dr. Marvin Monroe, she says, your husband sees you as nothing. And Marge says, oh, okay, well, thank you. And she's about to hang up. And this is when Dr. Mar Marvin Monroe yells into the phone to make sure that he hear that she hears him. He says, no, 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 don't hang up. And Marge keeps talking, right? And the, 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 the plant employees are kind of like nudging each other, like, here it comes, here it comes, right? And Dr. Marvin Monroe says, the pig has made you into his mother. You are not the hot love object you deserve to be. Marge asks, really? And uh, this is my favorite sequence in the whole show, right? My favorite lines, if you will. Darvin, Dr. Marvin Monroe says, I'm sure of it as I'm sure my voice is annoying. Marge, tonight, the second he comes through that front door, you've got to tell him you're fed up. And if he doesn't start loving you, you'll be leaving. Marge says, leave Homer? And Dr. Marvin Monroe says, please, please, don't use his real name. And Marge says, leave Pedro? And at this point, all of the gang at the Springfield nuclear power plant starts to crack up and point at Homer and laugh hysterically while Homer swallows hard. If I can jump in really quick, um, this part of the show is actually, uh, I'm sorry, this episode is actually my uh, one of my favorite parts too. Um, there's a sequence in the episode itself where Marge, I'm sorry, Dr. Marvin Monroe tells Marge that, Marge, I'm about to get very real with you. And in a sense, he's also talking about Homer because Homer's listening in too. So when he, Dr. Marvin Monroe tells Marge, you know, that Homer is not appreciating her for, you know, for being such an awesome wife. And Dr. Marvin Monroe is telling Marge that he's getting real real with her. He's also getting very real with Homer, who's listening in. He doesn't know he's listening in, but right. he is. Yeah. He is listening in, and this causes Homer a lot of consternation. Is that a word? Yes, it is a word. Okay. I, I, I'll I, take your word for it. I suggest you read more books, Maverick. <laughs> well, that's the only thing I read, actually. Well, you need to read better books. Will do. Not just manga crap. Anyway. Next thing we know, we're at this Simpsons residence. And Lisa says, ah, come on, Bart, not again. Why? Because Bart is about to make another one of his patented crank phone calls to Moe's Tavern. Ooh, what's the gag this time? Right? Bart dials the phone number and says, ah, where's your sense of humor? Uh, Moe answers, Moe's Tavern. Bart says, hello, is Al there? Moe's like, Al? Yeah, Al, last name Kaholic. And... Moe is like, let me check. Phone call for Al. Alcoholic. Is there an alcoholic in here? And of course, they're in a bar. So everyone starts laughing. And then Moe says, he finally realizes what happens. He says, wait a minute. Listen, you, li you little yellow-bellied rat jackass. If I ever find out who you are, I'm going to kill you. And this is when we see Homer at the bar. He's dreading going home. He does not want to go home at all. He asks Mo for the jar of pickled eggs. By the way, what the hell is pickled eggs? Is that I, a white thing? I think it is. You know, uh, I've never in my life, and I was actually going to bring it up in this show, that I've never in my life ever seen or heard of a pickled egg. If it wasn't for The Simpsons, I never would have even heard of a pickled egg. 
So if uh, if you have any listeners out there that know what a pickled egg is, feel free to leave the Simpsons guy a message on his anchor. Reach out to him on his Instagram. Uh, what is your Instagram anyway? It's official underscore homers underscore donuts. Uh, without the apostrophes. Without the apostrophes. There you go. So drop a line on him if you know what a pickled egg is. Maybe you have a good pickled egg recipe and you'd like to let uh, the Simpsons guy here have one so that way he gets to try a good pickled egg. Feel free to reach out to him. Yeah, I mean, uh, before you do that, you might want to describe what it actually <laughs> tastes like. Oh, I want to make. On. I want to be prepared for the experience. Be a little adventurous every once in a while. Nah, <laughs> but I'm convinced this is a white guy thing, kind of like uh, pickled. I mean, those uh, Kool Aid pickles is like a black Southern thing. I'm convinced that pickled eggs is a white thing. I learned something new today. I guess. You haven't heard of the Kool-Aid pickles? No. (laughs) You need to watch more bizarre food. Anyway. So, moving on. Right? So, Homer eats his pickled egg, and he explains that Marge is going to leave him because he's a pig. And and Mo agrees. Homer goes for a second opinion, and he says, Hey, Barney, am I a pig? And Barney says, You're no more of a pig than I am. And he proceeds to belch loudly. Ooh, and now I get to speak. Um, because the next couple of lines that are spoken by Mo are actually my favorite lines of the episode. Um, oddly enough, if you look up the Simpsons script online, for some reason they kind of just gloss over what Mo has to say, which is kind of weird because if you keep, if you know, if you've been watching The Simpsons for like what, how long has it been on? 30 years now? Um, Mo. They turn Mo into kind of a sleazebag, where in this episode, he's kind of the opposite. He's kind of very helpful to Homer. And he starts telling Homer, Homer, Barney's a pig. Larry's a pig. Talking about the barflies. We're all pigs, except for one difference. Once in a while, we can crawl out of the slop, hose ourselves off, and act like human beings. That's my favorite line of the show, because I can relate to that. Yeah, that's very, very, very relatable. Yes. Um, so, right, uh, he takes, he asks Mo what he should do, and he says, Homer, buy your wife some flowers, take her out for a night on the town, uh-huh. candles, tablecloth, the whole nine yards. Very thoughtful. Yeah, very, very thoughtful, right? And Homer says uh, something like, uh, I don't know, my Marge is kind of smart was kind of too smart to fall for that. And then Mo says, let me finish. And then you check into your favorite hotel and you don't check out till the morning, if you know what I mean. And then Homer says, oh, okay. Right? He gets his drift, right? So, uh, next thing we know, we're at the Simpsons house. The kids are at the at the dinner table and they look at the clock. It's like, wow, a quarter past six. What's keeping dad? This is Lisa, right? And Bart answers, yeah, he couldn't possibly be late on meatloaf night. Apparently, Homer loves meatloaf. Uh, so, next thing we know, Homer wanders into the florist shop because he wants to buy Marge some flowers before he gets home. Homer is not really sure what to get because apparently he's never done anything like this in his life for his wife. And he's like, oh, I'd like some flowers. And the florist is like, what kind of flowers? Mm, I don't know. You know, pretty ones, not dead. And the florist says, 
Well, we have some beautiful long stem roses. They're $55 a dozen. And Homer goes, one, please. He doesn't want the whole dozen. He just wants one rose. So, so I, I just want to, I just want to get this right. He spends $55 a dozen. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be 55 yeah, $55 for, for 12. Divided by 12. Is that is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm going to do that right now. So he paid $4.58 for that rose? Yes. Or that flower? Yes. Come on. We can do better than that. Don't be like Homer sometimes. Um, you know what? Um, I used to sponsor the student council over at, over at, the, at the high school at Los Fresnos. Uh-huh. And every year, it never failed. The last two days before the homecoming dance, uh -huh. I would get a bunch of pretty little girls coming in buying tickets for themselves. And buying I'd ask tickets for the homecoming dance for themselves. For themselves, and I would ask them, "What what's going on here? These girls are really pretty, right?" Uh -huh. And they go, "Well, nobody asked me." And then I would turn around, I would ask the guys, "Hey, guys, what's the problem here, right?" Look at, look at all these pretty girls coming in to buy these tickets for themselves. What's the deal? And the guys would say, Number, sir, we don't want to spend money. Like, <laughs> for uh, those not familiar with the Southern Texas region, that is how, how we would normally speak growing up. What that means is that, no, sir, we actually don't have any money. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, that is But, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to gotta shoot your shot. You never know. Just take it. I'm telling you, all these little pretty girls went to the dance by themselves. See? Talking from experience. So, shoot your shot. Yes, yes. You need, you need to. Anyway. So, it is now 8.35 in the evening. And Marge is staring angrily at the front door. And she's kind of growling and gnashing her teeth. Mm. Yes. The kids approach her from behind. And they have their mm -hmm. empty plates with them. And ask Marge for some food. And Marge... Now... If you've ever seen National Geographic or anything like that, this is the best way I can describe how Marge looks. If you've ever seen the little, little lion cubs messing around with the lioness all day and they finally piss her off so much that she smacks them around and roars at them, this is kind of like what Marge looks. She turns around and roars at the kids and it scares the crap out of them and they run off. Hopefully they didn't uh, mess themselves as they were running off because and, Marge looks very ferocious. Yeah, and if you're like me, I felt for Maggie. Like if you go back and watch that scene and look at poor Maggie, like she can barely walk as it is in that onesie and those little legs that she's got. And like as Bart and Lisa just bolt off, they leave Maggie behind just kind of scraggling. Um, I can relate because I've been on that receiving end of my mother actually being that kind of mean to me. So... I feel sorry for Maggie. And Maggie's actually a very important character in this episode. If you've never seen it, you should probably should watch it because I think it gives us a glimpse into uh, just how smart Maggie really is. Yeah, she may be smarter than Lisa. She may be, yeah. She's, she's right. a, just a really, really bright little baby. Anyway, uh, what happens to with Maggie, before she scurries off, she face plants, right? <laughs> she face plants, and then she gets up and she waddles away. <laughs> yeah, she does. Uh-huh. So, Marge continues to growl at the door. Evil thoughts 
are coming all over her. She sees the little monsters all around her and they're growling at her and she's seeing Homer and she's imagining the things that she wants to, her, to, to do, right? Her eyes are turning red. Meanwhile, outside the house, Homer is standing in the rain and he's holding a heart-shaped box of candy in one hand and a wilted rose in the other. I guess he went for the bargain bin of roses. He didn't even get one of the nice ones. He got a wilted rose and he's practicing what he's going to say before he goes in. But he realizes it's no use and he just heads for the door and he decides to take his medicine. Marge is waiting and she pulls the door open as Homer is inserting the key to let himself in. Homer kind of looks like dumbfounded. He holds up the candy and the flower and he says, I love you, Marjorie. And this is all Marge needed to hear because instantly you can see her heart melt and they kiss. Guys, by the way, it works. If you ever make your girlfriend, wife, significant other so upset, that you don't think like, oh man, you know, there's no way they're going to forgive me. Just buy them some flowers, buy them some candy, be nice to them. Um, and uh, you'd be surprised how much that works. Do what I do. I throw chocolate at mine sometimes. It works. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, so the next thing we know, we are in the kitchen and Bart is dialing the phone. He's making another crank call to, to Mo. Bart says... A little pre-dinner entertainment. Mm. Mo answers the phone again. Mo's tavern. And Bart says, is Oliver there? Mo's like, who? Oliver. Oliver Closeoff. Hold on. I'll check. And then he starts calling Oliver Closeoff. Call for Oliver Closeoff. And Bart and Lisa are laughing their ass off. While this is happening, right? Homer and Marge are working on their itinerary or their... Um, enchanted I guess evening. They're enchanted evening. Yes, yeah, right. Yes, yes. This is why that episode. This episode is called Enchanted Evening. Uh, Homer says, "I and I made some reservation at the Chez." <laughs> chez. Yes, but I it's pronounced Chez, right? Yeah. He says the Chez Perry. Chez Perry. Right, and then Marge says, "Oh, but Homer, that's expensive." And the Homer says, "It matters not, mon frere," which <laughs> which I believe means what a brother. Uh, friend. Friend. Friend in French, right? Um, I think he might have gone with uh, Mon Ami or something like that. A little bit more romantic. Uh, romantic. But no, he says Mon Frere. My friend. Anyway, Marge picks up the phone to dial for a babysitter. And he hears <laughs> Mo saying, listen, you lousy bum. If I ever get a hold of you, I swear I'll cut your belly open. Marge hangs up and she says, ooh, must have been a crossed wire. And she calls and she tries again, right? This is uh, going to be a little tricky, right? Because she's calling for... She calls the rubber baby buggy bumper babysitting service. Ooh, wait. That's a tongue twister in The Simpsons. I think that's tongue twister time, The Simpsons guy. Yeah, okay. I'm going to challenge The Simpsons guy. In fact, you know what, sir? I say, sir, I challenge you to a duel, sir. Do you accept? Ah, I know this is going to be messy, but sure, <laughs> why not? Okay, since I'm the one who issued the challenge on this tongue twister, I'm going to go first. I'm going to try to say five times as quickly as I can without messing up. And this is going to count as one, and I'm just going to keep going with this. 
because this is the name of the agency that Marge is calling looking for a babysitter. So she calls the Rubber Baby Buggy Bumper Babysitting Service, Rubber Baby Buggy Bumper Babysitting Service, Rubber Baby Bunky Bunker. Oh my God, I messed up on the third time. I failed my challenge. Go ahead. I don't think I'm going to get that far either. I've been having I've been having problems saying <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy recently. <laughs> Let's go for it. It's the Simpsons guy. Do it. All right. So, Rubber Baby Bumper ba Babysitting Service, Rubber <laughs> Bumper. <laughs> Come on. You couldn't even get past two? No, I can't get past two. No, no. <laughs> okay. Let's keep moving on then. Okay. So, when Marge identifies herself as Marge Simpson, automatically, they say no. Right? They have pictures of the entire family with X's all over them at the rubber bumper, rubber baby buggy bumper baby sitting service. Even of Maggie, it makes you wonder, what did Maggie do? That's the real question. Yeah, I know. It's like, Maggie seems really sweet and innocent, <laughs> but she's so smart. Who the hell knows what the hell she did? So the clerks, uh, they try again, right? This time it's Homer. And the clerk answers again. Let me see if I can get this right. Rubber baby buggy bumper babysitting service. I have to say it really slow. Anyway, Homer says, hello, this is Mr. Samson. And the, the clerk is like, did your wife just call a second ago? And Homer says, no, I said Samson, not Simpson. <laughs> and the clerk is too dumb to realize what the hell just happened. Uh, and she says, oh, thank God, those Simpsons are real monsters, right? <laughs> and, uh, and Homer says, actually, the Simpsons are neighbors of ours, and we found them to be a quite misunderstood and underrated family, as he's pretending to be Mr. Samson. While all this is happening, Lisa is watching Marge pretty herself up for a night out on the town. And Bart starts to listen to Homer talk about his mambo dancing, but his smart mouth gets him thrown out. This is when we actually see Homer shaving for the first time, right? He's singing his song, and he's got shaving cream all over himself, and he shaves off, and you can actually see his face. It looks completely yellow. And he says, smooth like a baby's bottom. And as soon as he turns around, he faces away from the mirror. You see his five o'clock shadow instantly grow back in. It's like he's Sasquatch or something. And I like how they kept that ongoing joke throughout the seasons. Because like if, you, if you've seen The Simpsons, you know, uh, through all the seasons, every time he shaves, he gets that five o'clock shadow back almost instantaneously. Yeah, it's, like, it's one of the good things about them. They remember their their, their running jokes. jokes. Yeah, they remember their running jokes, it's and they keep it up. Joke. Yeah, yep, yeah, running jokes. And the doorbell rings, and Homer tells Bart to answer it, and he says, "Aye, aye, Mambo Man." And Bart slides down the banister, and he thuds onto the floor. He answers the door as Lisa and Maggie join him. And the kids swallow hard when they see their babysitter. And they say, it's the babysitter. And if you're hearing the music right, there's a very, very disturbing uh, musical note being played. Uh, and the babysitter introduces herself as Mrs. Botts. And we're wondering why Mrs. Botts has brought two suitcases with her while she babysits three kids. I don't know why she would need two suitcases with her. Marge leaves her with some instructions, right? She says Maggie has to go to bed immediately, but Bart and Lisa can watch the happy little elves 
meet the curious bear cub for an hour before they go to bed. And Bart says, oh, the elves, the elves. Apparently, he's not a big fan of the happy little elves. Marge kisses the kids goodbye, and Bart tries to get Mrs. Botts to approve of something else. Uh, but Mrs. Botts is having none of it, right? She says, you're going to do what I say because everybody has done every whatever I say because I don't know what's going to happen if you don't do what I say. And this is enough to scare Bart. He walks back, you know, he walks kind of like uh, in reverse over to the TV and he places the happy little elves into the VCR and he hits play while Mrs. Botts carries Maggie away. Maggie is waving goodbye at this time. Uh, seems kind of meaningful. It seems kind of meaningful. Uh, by the way, uh, next thing we know, we're at the restaurant, right? And we see Homer and Marge all dressed up. This seems to be Marge's standard uh, <laughs> attire, for, attire going for going out. Yeah, yeah she's wearing those. Orange dress, white gloves, same pearl necklace, right? Or is it, it's white instead of red is what it is. So it's like she puts on her real pearls, maybe? Maybe. Because Instead of her she, fake pearls? Yeah, because she's wearing, the, the fake pearls are usually blue, right? Red, aren't they? Red, yes. And now they're actually white. Yeah. So, so. they might be real pearls this time. But she's wearing like these, this, I don't know how long she's had this dress. Obviously, it's been a while because the gloves go up to her elbows. I think that was in fashion in the 60s or 70s, maybe. Yeah. If that. But definitely not in the <laughs> 90s. Definitely not in the 90s. Maybe a wardrobe that belonged to her mother. Yes. And, uh, you know... I don't know why she chooses to to wear this all the time. <laughs> but we're at the restaurant, right? And Homer checks in on the lobster tank and he chooses a lobster that is floating upside down. The waiter says, you might want to pick another one. And Homer's like, why? He says, well, when you pick one that's floating upside down, it kind of defeats the purpose of picking a live lobster. So he picks a different one. The Simpsons handing out those life lessons. Never pick... A floating lobster. Yes. Yeah, especially if you're going to, they're going to charge you top dollar for it, guys. Yeah. You want to pick a live one. Yes. So, next thing we know, Bart is suffering through the happy little elves. Bart says, oh man, I can't take any more. Lisa says, but I want to see what happens. Obviously, they've seen this episode before because Bart says, you know what happens. They find Captain Quick's treasure. All the elves dance around like green little green idiots. I puke the end. And Lisa says, Bart, you're just like Chili, the elf who cannot love. <laughs> I love that name, Chili. Now, here's, here's the thing, though. That's something that I think we would all do as kids, or am I mistaken? Because I think I must have played Aladdin like a hundred times. That movie, Aladdin, the Disney movie. Um... And I did that with a lot of movies, so I'm sure it's something that maybe kids do. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I have two kids. I can recite every line from The Lion King, for my first, <laughs> thanks to my first kid. And I can recite every line to Finding Nemo, thanks to my second kid. There you go. Right, we have to watch these endlessly because these kids find those so specific movies fascinating. Anyway, so Bart switches 
to America's most armed and dangerous, even though Lisa finds the show too scary. And is that a parody of America's Most Wanted, you think? Yes, it is. It definitely is. And that's what I thought. Yeah. And uh, Bart reassures Lisa, says, I'll warn you, and I'll tell you to look away, and I'll tell you <laughs> you can look again once the bloody scenes are all over. Uh, next thing we know, the uh, America's Most Armed and Dangerous is talking about the cue, the cue ball killer. And that he should be considered extremely armed and dangerous. I guess he should be, right? Since he kills people with cue balls. I guess he can kill people with just about anything. So they call him the cue ball killer. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens after this, this scene? This Well, after this scene, we're back at the restaurant. And <laughs> with Mr. Cue Ball himself, Homer Simpson. Yes, Mr. Ah, cue Ball himself, ah, yes. Think about that. Well... I tend not to think about stuff like that. Why? Because as a fellow bald man, I do not want to discriminate against other bald people. That's up to you people with your stupid, luxurious, beautiful hair. We prefer the term gorgeous locks. Thank you very much. Whatever. Anyway. So we're at the restaurant and the bubbly stops flowing. Oh, yes. The champagne. The champagne, yes. So Homer turns around and he says, Garçon? <laughs> yes, we'll have another bottle of your second cheapest wine. So it's not the cheapest, but it's the second. It actually not wine, champagne. Actually, I'm sorry. Actually, the show says the second, second least expensive. Least expensive. Least expensive. Yeah. Yes. So that's just a fancy way of saying second cheapest. Though. Yes, yes. So think, think about that. Yes, you. Yeah, you guys uh, want to <laughs> take uh, tips from Homer here? It sounds more sophisticated to say least expensive than second to say cheapest. least expensive. Is much better than saying second cheapest. Right. Remember that. So you cheapskate guys out there, remember Homer's pro tips. Guilty. All right. So next thing we know, we're back at the house. The we have uh, the kids are all tied up. Why? Because they were watching America's Most Armed and Dangerous as Mrs. Botts walked in on them as they were... Uh, sort of describing the babysitter bandit, and they said her name was Lucille Botsikowski. Botsikowski. Botsikowski, right? Mrs. Botts. And Lisa, being the smart one, says, Mrs. Botts, right? And this is when Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Botts catches them, right? And, and she shows her true colors. Yes, she does, right? The kids spread out, right? And she goes <laughs> chasing after them. And uh, I think she winds up in the basement. Uh, looking for Bart, and Bart tries to brain her with a bowling ball. And he fails miserably. Very miserably, right? So he says, you know, he, uh, he, he winds up being tied up. And once Bart is all taken care of, she goes to look for Lisa. Lisa is calling 1-800-YOU-SQUEAL, <laughs> which is the... Uh, the hotline for America's Most Armed and Dangerous? Yes, 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 it is. But here's the funny part, though. When she called in, she actually says, um, what's that number? 1-800-YOU-SNITCH? Hey, it's not 1-800-YOU-SNITCH because we all know snitches get stitches, right? Schoolhouse rule. I yes. think even I grew up with that. So she calls 1-800-YOU-SQUEAL. Um, there's a difference. Yes. Also, every now and then, I also like to use this, this term. Bitches get snitches. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, anyway. Uh, no comment to that. <laughs> anyway. So, Lisa is under the table, and they finally answer, and you know, the uh, 
the phone lady says, thank you for calling America's most uh, armed and dangerous vigilant viewer. How may I help you? And Lisa's like, we have the, we, we, we've got the babysitter bandit. And while this is happening, Mrs. Botts has found her and she's pulling her out of the, from under the table with the phone cord. And she gets tied up. Next thing we know, the youngsters are all tied up and gagged. Well, Bart gets gagged because, you know, Bart never knows when to shut up. Bart um, gets gagged after he won't shut his mouth, though. Yes. And uh, this upcoming part is is probably like, uh, I know I've already said this a couple of times, so this is probably like one of my top three moments in the episode right here, this part that's coming up. Go ahead, Simpsons guy. All right. So next thing we know... We see Mrs. Botts looking around the house at will. Nobody to stop her. Oh, okay, hold on. So, before you jump ahead, I was actually going to say that that part where Lisa, Bart, are tied up and she forces them to, to watch, watch the Happy Little Elves. The Happy Little Elves episode, right? So, Bart's all upset. He's not happy that he's... Not only that he's tied up, but he's also having to be forced to watch that episode that he doesn't like or the show that he doesn't like. While, about his, mouth is tight, while his mouth is covered with tape. While his mouth is covered with tape. Um, Lisa, even though she's in the same situation as Bart, she's like, hey, Bart, let's just make the best of this. I, I can totally relate to Lisa because I can picture myself totally being in that situation, being held hostage and be like, hey, you know what? Just chill out, man. Just calm down. You can't control life. Sometimes life just kind of grabs you by the head, tosses you around, does whatever it wants with you. You can't help it. You just got to roll with it. Be like Lisa sometimes. And I actually think, if you, if you think about it, because Lisa becomes a Buddhist later on in the seasons, mm -hmm. I think this is kind of like uh, foreshadowing, a preview, a preview, a preview. Of, the, of things to come about Lisa. Just something to think about. Yes, uh, that should give you guys enough interest to keep listening to my damn show. <laughs> anyway, uh, like I was saying, she's walking around and she's looking for things. Kind of like she's in a... Miss Botts, right? Yes, Mrs. Botts, right? She's looking for things. Kind of like she's shopping. And we know why she brought those two big... Empty suitcases. Empty suitcases, right? Empty suitcases. So, next thing we know... We're at the, uh, back at the uh, Chez Paris. Chez Paris. Chez Paris, <laughs> as Homer says. And the Larry David Experience, that's the name of the band, is playing the same song that Homer was singing when he was uh, shaving and trying to give Bart some of his manly wisdom. So, uh, I guess that was a foreshadowing of the music to come, right? Um, we see Marge and Homer dancing. It is quite funny. That is a huge understatement as to... Because, you know, Homer says uh, that he's a good dancer and Marge earlier in the episode says, like, you know, he dances like an angel or however Marge speaks. And uh, then you look at them dancing and there's other couples... Looking at them, looking at the Simpsons dancing, and I think it's not so much that they're looking at them that like, wow, they know what they know what they're doing. They know how to dance. It's more of uh, out of curiosity, out of yeah, like kind of like rubbernecking. Heck, are they doing? Kind of kind of like rubbernecking. Yeah. 
Yeah, you have to see it. You know what I mean? You have I, to see it to believe it. I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't judge because I, I dance like a white guy who hasn't had enough to drink yet. But, you know, I'm going to judge anyway. No comment. Yes, Maverick, try not to crack up too much at your older brother or I will kick your ass. Anyway, uh, Bart and Lisa are still uh, watching the happy little elves while they're all tied up, right? And Bart starts bashing his head against the sofa because he is so unhappy. Right, so, uh, where, where were we, right? Uh, Bart being unhappy, they're both tied up. Um, I don't think I can relate to Bart because I'm more like Lisa in that situation uh, where Bart is getting super frustrated and Lisa's just kind of like, eh, let's make the best out of this. I'm like Lisa, so I cannot relate to Bart at all. Uh, I can relate to Bart. <laughs> I'm just that way. Apples and oranges. Yes, yes. I, I would be bashing my head in. Uh, not to show my displeasure, but trying to knock myself out so I wouldn't have to watch that crap. <laughs> anyway, uh, next thing we know, we're at the hotel. This is after Mrs. Botts has ripped the phone off out of the wall, right? So there's no way that Bart and Lisa can communicate with the outside world um, as we know, right? So next thing we know, we're at the hotel. And Homer offers to carry Marge inside the room. And Marge says, don't hit my head against the door like you did last time. And I think Homer says, something. that was 11 years ago. You won't let it go. So next thing, you know, Bart, I'm mean, sorry, Homer carries Marge in. And he he's struggling because, you know, he's really, really out of shape. And he bumps his uh, leg on something and he tosses Marge up in the air and she lands on the bed, which is, by the way, a waterbed. Uh, those are really, really impractical, we know now. But back then, like, like Grandpa Simpson would say, it, that was the fact, that was the style of the time, right? Um, if you've never had the chance to be on a waterbed, I'm going to give you one suggestion about getting on a waterbed is... Don't. Just don't. That's all I have to say about waterbeds. Yeah, you know, I've been to Hawaii a few times, and every time we go on a damn boat, I get motion sickness <laughs> like you would not believe. And I can imagine being on a waterbed would, would be about the same experience. More or less. Because when Homer tosses Marge on the waterbed, we can see her rolling back and forth like she's on the wave. And Homer is like on the floor. He's holding his leg and he's cursing quietly, as quietly as he can. Trying not to kill the mood. Yes, yes. He's trying not to kill the mood. So next thing we know, Marge offers to go slip into something more comfortably. And Homer says, ooh, you mean that blue thing with those things? Obviously, he's talking about a negligee or something. I'm hoping. Yes, yes. <laughs> what else could he be talking about? <laughs> anyway, next thing we know, we're back at the Simpson house. And Maggie wakes up. She looks around. 
she grabs the little mobile thing, you know, the, the thing that spins around the baby's heads. Yeah, I don't have kids, so I don't know what that thing is called, but she's pretty agile, too, for a baby, right? Like, babies aren't supposed to be able to support their own body weight like that, right? Let alone jump like yeah, she did. Yeah, jump, right? and she's pretty acrobatic. So, we get a glimpse of how sm- not only how smart Maggie is, but how athletic she is. So, maybe something to think about? Yep, maybe, maybe. But anyway, uh, you know, I've talked about this with my psychology kids. The uh-huh. reason why you, uh, adults think kids love those things so much, uh-huh. you know, because they're they sit down, they they're like laying down and staring up at that thing with what appears to be fascination. Uh-huh. Really, what it is, it's an instinct. When you're oh, right, yeah, when you're when you're in the desert and you're about to die, what do you see circling over your, over you? Vultures. Vultures, right? So, in order to not attract the vulture's attentions, the babies will just lie as still as possible. So, you think your kid is actually being entertained, you're actually scaring the crap out of your kid. Something very interesting to think about for those with that, that have kids. Or are planning to have kids. Yeah. Right? Maybe you don't want to scare the crap out of your kids that way. Yeah. And they're going to crap enough anyway. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. I'll take your word for it. Yes, yes. Anyway. So, Maggie jumps up and grabs the mobile above her crib, and she uses it kind of like a trapeze, and she lands, she uses it to jump out of the crib, and she lands on a pile of stuffed animals. She spots Mrs. Botts in the hallway, and while she is kind of like... Uh, Picking the best Simpsons valuables or unvaluables because, you know, the Simpsons uh, aren't yes. known for their taste. Or the Samsons, as she still calls them. Yes, by. yes, the Samsons, right? She thinks they're the Samsons. Uh, while she's picking through the, what, what little things of value the Simpsons have, Maggie wanders downstairs and she spots her older brother and older sister, but she doesn't seem to really care that they're tied up. Why? Why didn't she care? Because the happy little elves is playing. And she, while Mar, well, Marge, I'm sorry, Lisa and Bart try to get her attention, um, she decides to watch the happy little elves. Good thing for Bart and Lisa that the movie has come to an end really quickly. So Maggie tries to turn off the TV with the remote. I think she tries to replay it. Because then Lisa gets her attention by asking Maggie, Hey, Maggie, do you want to watch the Happy Little Elves again? That's that's a good call. Yes. yes. So Maggie nods, right? Up and down. She wants to see it again. And then Lisa says, but you have to untie me first. Yep. Yeah. So we see Maggie crawl up on the couch and she she starts untying Lisa from the her uh, rope prison again showing how incredibly intelligent maggie is for her age yes i don't know how she manages to figure out how to undo those <laughs> knots yeah she's smart next thing we know we're back at the hotel and marge <laughs> says oh homer and she is wearing the blue thing with the things and homer gives a oh reaction now um, I guess, again, I don't know how long Marge has had this thing because the uh, kind of like covers up her neck also. <laughs> her legs are kind of showing, but even her neck is covered up. It's kind of sleeveless, but um, 
Why is it covering her shoulders and her neck? That's again, my question. Again, I think maybe this is something that maybe, just maybe, she got from her mom, from her mother. Uh, maybe. I don't know. That's that's kind of weird, but uh, something to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in the 90s, guys. Uh, one of the, I grew up during the 80s and 90s. Besides the bad hair of the 80s. And the early 90s. And early 90s, yes. Uh, I was there for that. Yeah, I mean, oh, God. The girls were pretty, but their hair was horrible. Yep. Uh, so, good, <laughs> good thing those, good thing that hair has gone out of fashion. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to get a lot of hate mail in the, uh, next, <laughs> in the next couple of days. I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. Send your hate mail to uh, the Simpsons guy at uh, Homer's Dope Nuts. Uh, don't send them directly to me, Maverick, because, uh, no, just yeah. don't. Either that or you <laughs> Like I've been telling you guys, you can send me nice little or hate messages on Anchor as well. Listeners are listeners, right? Yes, listeners who are li- who listen, that who are dedicated listeners will do that. Uh, so, next thing we know, uh, uh, Mrs. Botts is continuing to pillage the Simpson household while Maggie walks through the hallway and Mrs. Bot spots her. And she follows the suck, suck sound, you know, when she sucks on her pacifier. This is kind of like a Scooby-Doo episode right here with the multiple doors, Maggie hiding behind the door, Mrs. Bot's having to find her. It's kind of like Scooby-Doo right there. So I like that. Yeah, and if you remember last episode, there was that Scooby-Doo episode where, you know, there was those meddling kids got in the way. Oh, yeah. All right. So... Mrs. Botts follows that suck suck sound into a dark room. Next thing we know, we hear a whoop, and the lights turn on, and it is Bart who is sucking on the pacifier. And he keeps sucking on it while he holds a baseball bat overhead, and Mrs. Botts la- uh, lays unconscious. If you've ever held a baseball bat, a wooden baseball bat in your hands, that thing is heavy, so you can only imagine how much pain Mrs. Botts is in as Bart just knocks her out cold. But actually, I think that's safer than, than the aluminum bat. Oh, yeah. Because the aluminum bat, he could swing a lot faster. Yeah, he could have cracked her skull open. It's a long lighter, yeah. He, yeah. he could have he cracked her skull open. So, Easily. So good thing he was wearing, not wearing, he had a uh, wooden, baseball, wooden bat. baseball bat. Otherwise, he might have been charged one. for involuntary <laughs> manslaughter as a, as a kid, right? And who wants that on their record as a 10-year-old kid? Besides no Bart, anyway. Well, yeah, Bart might be proud of that. <laughs> anyway. So, Marge and Homer are relaxed on the waterbed. And if you're watching the the, the scene, you can see the bed rock back and forth, back and forth, like they're out in the ocean. I can feel my stomach turn already. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, so Marge decides to check up on, on how things are going back at home. And there's no answer. Because, of course, because Bart, Lisa, and Maggie are have escaped out of the window and are looking to call for help. Why, did, why aren't they calling from their house? Because Mrs. Botts has disabled all of the phones inside of the house. So this is after Maggie has freed them? Yes. Okay. And Bart has already knocked Mrs. Botts out? Yes. Okay. Right. Marge decides to call home. And when nobody answers, Marge starts to panic. Right? And she says... Homer, I think we better go home. 
And then Homer says, well, you know, my work is done here. Might as well go <laughs> home, right? He did his duty. Um, I don't know if you guys uh, ever, have ever watched the, uh, what's that uh, show with Al Bundy, uh, Married with Children? Yeah. Right? He, he Great kept, show, by the way. Watch it. Yes. Yeah, that when is you're a, old enough. Yeah. You, don't let your little brother, little sister watch it. Anyway, uh, Al Bundy always, he, I guess he hated, he, he hated touching his wife, Peggy. And every time he offered and she turned him down, he says, okay, but that counts as once. <laughs> right? So, uh, this is, uh, that's how I imagine Homer, right? My work here is done. I've done enough to save my marriage, even though I'm a terrible husband, right? He says, oh, well, I guess we can go back home because, uh, Marge is panicked because nobody is answering the phone. Uh, next thing we know, right? Uh, the kids, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie are at a payphone. Bart is down on all fours so Lisa can stand on his back so she can reach the payphone. And the operator answers, Hello, vigilant viewer. How may I help you? How may we help you? And Lisa says, We caught her. We caught the babysitter bandit. She's tied up at her house right now. Bart asks, Ask if there's a reward. And Lisa asks, Is there a reward? And then she turns around to Bart and says, If she's, convict if she's convicted, we get t-shirts. And Bart says, Yeah! Apparently, he, he'd be happy with getting a t-shirt and not a monetary reward. Capitalism for you. Yes, yes. What can I say? We need uh, to teach Bart some economics, <laughs> right? Some opportunity cost lessons. He's losing, he's losing out on the opportunity to collect on some big bucks. Yes, he is. Uh, so, Marge and Homer return home. And Marge is kind of concerned because she sees all of the lights on. All of the lights on are at the house. He says, hmm, all the lights are on. What happened, right? So they go in and they see Mrs. Botts. She's kind of like hogtied. She's, uh, she's laying down on her belly with her hands uh, tied behind her back to her legs, right? So it can't be very comfortable, right? And she's being forced to watch, yes, the Happy Little Elves. The I'm, same episode or movie that Bart and Lisa were forced to watch earlier by Mrs. Botts. Yes, uh, Bart returns the favor and forces Mrs. Botts to watch her. Well, Homer and Marge find her like this and they untie her and, and they start apologizing profusely. What is Mrs. Botts' first words after they ungag her? She says, please turn off the TV. <laughs> She's not a fan of the happy little elves also. Nope. No, she is not. Uh, so Homer helps Mrs. Botts with her luggage and he says, oh, these things are heavy. And he's, he, when she gets into her car and she, he loads the luggage with all the value, all the Simpsons valuables into her car for her. Right. Homer says, sorry about the trouble. Let me double. Oh, triple your no, pay. Triple your yes, pay. Yes, he triples her pay. By the way, I think I'd like to bring up, and I know, you know, inflation has gone up since when did this episode air? 1990? 1990. But as of right now, in Houston, Texas, and I'm using Houston, Texas as a reference because I live in Corpus Christi, and Corpus Christi has about the same property value rate as Houston. In Houston, they value a babysitter at $15 an hour. So if we assume that what Mrs. Botts took care of the kids for, what, four or five hours, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. At triple the pay, 
at $15 an hour. That's almost $60, no, $45 an hour for taking care of those kids. Yes. That's a lot of money. And while she was robbing the house. That's pretty generous of Homer. Yes, uh, but no one can accuse Homer of being very smart. <laughs> and we'll get to that at the end of the episode, too. Yes. So, uh, Mrs. Bot says... Mr. Samson, can I give you a bit of advice? And Homer says, sure. And Mrs. Bot says, don't turn your back on that boy for a second. While this was happening, you could hear police sirens in the background. And when Mrs. Bot hears this and she gives Homer that bit of advice, she peels out like there is no tomorrow. Like a bat out of hell. Like a bat out of hell, yes. So... Mrs. Bot speeds off, and next thing we know, Homer is surrounded by police cars and news vans, right? And Bart is running, and she, he's, while he's running, he's explaining how they have the babysitter bandit tied up at the house, and Homer snags him by his collar and starts to cold, scold him, right? He says, I just had to untie your babysitter and pay her off so that, and this is when Homer gets microphones shoved in his face, and a reporter asks, are you telling the world that you just aided and abetted the escape of the notorious babysitter bandit? And Homer is kind of like dumbfounded. And he's like, uh, actually, it was quite a struggle. And he starts to lie about what happened. Next thing we know, uh, Marge and Simpson are in bed and watching the Marge news. Marge and Homer. I'm sorry, Marge and Homer are in bed watching the news and the news caption, right? If you're watching the show says Homer Simpson, local boob to describe Homer, right? And the TV host, uh, describes what happens, right? And, um, Homer is saying, have you ever seen a Kung Fu movie? It was just like that, making it seem like it was some epic struggle between him and Mrs. Botts that allowed her to escape. And Homer just shuts off the TV. And Homer says, Lord help me. I'm, I'm just not that bright. And Marge says, oh, Homer, don't say that. The way I see it, you raised three children who could knock out and hogtie a perfect stranger. You must be doing something right. Parenting tips by the Simpsons. Don't take them. Yes, Dan. You don't want to take it. And Homer thinks, yeah, you're right. And they start to kiss, and Homer, Marge turns off the lights, and Homer asks, can we make up again? And Marge responds, oh my goodness. We can just imagine how they're making up again. Let's not. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thinking about Homer. Anyways, uh, yeah. moving on to the final segment of the show, which is, this is something that I've been... Uh, pestering the Simpsons guy to do. Um, <clears throat> so this seg next segment right now is uh, hopefully maybe he'll find a name for it. But uh, right now I'm telling him that we need to delve a little deeper into the psychology of the Simpsons and name this segment of the show once it's done is the deep sec. Uh, I'm sorry, deep thoughts with the Simpsons guy. Go ahead, Simpsons guy. That's kind of like a... Th uh... Uh, homage to Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy from Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. If you guys uh, aren't familiar with Deep Thoughts uh, with for, Jack Handy. with Jack Handy from Saturday Night Live, check it out. Yeah, yeah. I you guys have YouTube. You know how to use it. Check it out. Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. Yes, it, it's it's quite epic. They're quite epic. It's kind of like a not not quite a, as bad as a one minute inside a woman's head. Never heard of that, but I'll take your word for it. Well, yeah, those of us that we have crappy radio stations down here in the valley, <laughs> right? So 94.5. I don't know. They still do have this segment. I stopped listening to local radio years ago, but they used to have this segment called uh, One Lady and I'm sorry, One Minute Inside a Woman's Head. So that's kind of like what Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy was. And we're going to call this Deep Thoughts with the Simpsons guy. I'm going to take his <clears throat> advice. All right. So. Let's start with Marge, right? When she had that near breakdown and she was calling Dr. Marvin Monroe's radio show. I mean, if my wife was calling a radio show and I told my friends at work to turn it up to listen to it and I didn't recognize my own wife's voice while she was describing how horrible a husband I was. Only to let her find out. That she's the person that you were talking about, right? Yes. Right. Oh, my. You're the person she's talking about, I mean. Yeah, uh, that that would have been ultimate humiliation, right? Uh, you ladies will do uh, things differently than the guys, right? We'll, we'll make fun of each other to our face. And we'll do it <laughs> relentlessly. Definitely. But we take it in stride. Ladies, I know, are a little different, uh, but that's okay. Yeah, that's yeah. differences between us. Yeah, yeah. You ladies will do it uh, when they're not around, and they'll find out anyway, and you'll deny it later, but you'll take pleasure in having said that anyway. Yep. Uh, if you disagree, please send me a message on Remind. Not on Remind, I'm sorry. On Anchor. Again, this is all the Simpsons guy, okay? Maverick from DTS Gaming Group does not have anything to do or share his political or... Uh, what would you call that? Social yeah. views on life? Yeah, yeah. Even direct, though, even though we're brothers... Your, direct all your love and hate mail towards... The Simpsons guy. The Simpsons guy at yeah. Homer's... No, oh, nuts. Yeah, yeah. Even though we are related, we're very different when it comes to politics... Oh, yeah. ...and all that other stuff. But we do share ner nerd culture. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> while this is... You know, uh, Homer is being humiliated... At the Springfield nuclear power plant while this is happening, right? While Marge is calling. Even though he himself called on his friends to turn the radio up. Now, as a man, if I hear of my wife calling up a random stranger to complain about me, oh my God, that would be so so unpleasant. Um, those of you that know me, um, especially you kids, you haven't really seen my uh, dark side. You may think you have seen me at my grumpiest levels. You have not. I control myself. Why? Because I am a professional at school, especially. But there, you call it dumbass. Yeah, you are. Prove me wrong, guys. Prove me wrong. And you know, um, like uh, the Simpsons guy here mentioned, 
uh, even though we do share a lot of different beliefs, this is something I actually, believe it or not, agree with him. Because the key to a good relationship is communication. If your significant other is talking to other people about your problems instead of talking to you, you, that's kind of problematic right there. You know, you got to work these things out with your significant other. You got to make things work between yourselves uh, before you go on blabbing about your personal problems with someone else. Yeah, I mean, I get asked all the time who my best friend is. And people expect me to answer... Uh, a guy. A, yeah, some guy. <laughs> or those of you that know me, you know, you might say Mrs. Gaitan at work or whatever, or Mr. Torres at work or whatever. My best friend is my wife. Mine too. Right? Yep. So, you know, you, you can't take that for granted. Nope. You can't let her talk to somebody else about your problems. You have to take care of your problems by um, on your own between yourself between, yeah. between the two of you right not in public that's one of the things i think will be the downfall of, of civilization social media because you know i go on there and i see people advertising uh their quote-unquote life yeah right quote-unquote life um and you shouldn't be doing that guys um if you have a problem with your significant other Deal with them directly. Please save yourself all that hassle. Buy them that flower we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. Don't just buy her one flower. Buy her a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Right? There's a reason why I don't like to buy roses. Right? Roses, you know, um, they're really pretty, right? But I prefer tulips, right? When I buy my wife flowers, I buy her tulips. Why? Because tulips... Are kind of like a declaration, symbolize a declaration of your love for that person, like you're telling them for the first time. So that's why I prefer to buy tulips instead of roses all the time. Makes sense. Another thing I wanted to talk about was Marge's visceral reaction to the kids asking for food and her reacting in. Now, I wouldn't say anger, but rage. Yeah, that, that, that scene just broke my heart completely because I've been on the receiving end. I've been on the kids' end. So, like, the way Bart, Lisa, and Maggie reacted to Marge, I've been on that receiving end from a, from a parent um, where it seems like the parent just kind of lashes out because of all the frustration that they felt in their life. And, you know, at that point in their life, you're a kid. You really don't understand. You don't comprehend the complexities that it takes to be an adult, an adult human. So when Marge kind of lashes out at the kids, I feel for them because I've been in their situation. For those of you kids who doubt my stories about me growing up, you have confirmation. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Okay. Um, so... Um, so, can, can I ask you one thing really yes, quick, yes. Simpsons? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Out of a rating of five donuts, five being the best, one being the worst, obviously, because you want more donuts, mm -hmm. what would you rate this episode? I would give this episode a solid four donuts. Solid four donuts. Yes. There you have it. First time in um, the Homer's Donuts episode uh, podcast series that... We get a donut rating. That we get a donut rating and how many donuts was that again that was four solid four donuts solid donuts now i personally would rate this at four and a half donuts but that's just me 
Um, I love the animation in this episode. I love just how uh, sometimes it got really dark. You know, they had a babysitter coming into the Simpsons' home. Um, of course, the Simpsons trusted her, right? Because, uh, the, uh, well, at the time, they were the Samsons. Uh, because she was from a reputable babysitting service that they had obviously used in the past. And the fact that the rubber baby buggy bumper babysitting service sent this convicted criminal to their home is kind of frightening to think about. So when like Bart and Lisa are watching that episode, uh, the, you know, it is supposed to be the America's Most Wanted episode um, at home and they start to hug each other because they're so scared of uh, just how scary things are out there in the real world. And they realize that their babysitter is actually on this show. She's she's one of the criminals they're talking about. As a 10-year-old, I think that's how old Bart is. A 10-year-old and Lisa's supposed to be 8? That's not very old. Can you imagine just living in that household? Um, you know, and your younger sister who's a toddler, who's a baby, who's sleeping in a crib upstairs while you're realizing that the babysitter that's supposed to be there taking care of you is actually a criminal robbing you that ends up tying you up everything about that episode is just so dark if you haven't seen it give it a watch uh because there's a lot of elements even the music like if you watch it and you you know turn down all the other noises turn the lights down just a little bit just so you can focus and concentrate on how powerful this episode is this episode is um it leaves an it leaves an impression because the music is good, the animation is good, um, the story is good. It's a four and a half episode for me. It's it's not quite five stars. Uh, there it still has a lot you of flaws. five donuts. I'm sorry. Yes, exactly. Five donuts. It for, for me, it's four and a half donuts uh, because I think it's actually one of the best episodes in the Simpsons catalog. This is actually I think before Matt Groening started cleaning the show up, started fixing a lot of the animation that they don't use in that episode. So it's a pretty unique episode. Uh, take a chance. Take take your time. Go out and watch it whenever you get a chance. Yeah, I mean, um, I give it a solid four donuts. Uh, I'm milk intolerant, but I would still eat four <laughs> donuts while watching this episode. Anyway, uh, this is The Simpson Guy. Thank you for uh, tuning in again. Before you leave... I want you to do me the favor and check out one of my students' TikTok. Yes, one of her TikTok. Uh, is that still a thing? Yes, it is still a thing. Okay. Even though the Chinese are still stealing your information while <laughs> you use TikTok, I do recommend that you go check out uh, Sam.Island's TikTok. Uh, she's a cute little girl. She's got cute little TikToks. I'm in a couple of them. And th they are pretty good. Sam.Islands. Yes, Sam.Islands okay. on TikTok. Also, uh, one of my students, one of my other students, is a, uh, a singer slash musician. He has a, uh, he dropped his album, I guess, album on Spotify and, uh, and Apple Music. If you search up YB Ram, you can hear his album. It's pretty damn good if you ask me. What what type of music is it? Do you know? It's kind of a hip hop ish. I hip -hop? guess. Hip hop. Okay. It's kind I of hip hop ish. Yep. yep. Sure. Yep. Hip hop appeals to all kinds of uh, listeners, so I'll I'll give that a listen. YB Ram. YB Ram. Okay. Yes. Especially the youngins, right? They love their hip hop. Oh yeah. So remember, you can mm -hmm. send me messages on Anchor. 
if you listen to me on Breaker or some other uh, uh, podcasting platforms, uh, they also allow you to send me messages on there. So if you have any, any an option like that, please do so. You can check out my Instagram, which is homers underscore, I mean, I'm sorry, official underscore homers underscore donuts, like donuts, not, not like donuts, you know, uh, without the apostrophes. You can find some pretty dank memes on there and some pictures of this episode also. Yeah, I'm actually going to start helping uh, the Simpsons guy here contribute to his Instagram page by making him some spicy memes. Um, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, he actually uploaded one of my spicy memes today. Um, I usually create these memes for Reddit. Usually I'm Reddit exclusive, but because uh, I've started listening to the Simpsons guy podcast, um, I've changed my mind and I've come around and I've started posting some of my memes on Instagram. So check him out on his Instagram, which is uh, official underscore homers underscore no nuts, right? Yes. Okay. Indeed. All right. So uh, do you want to get your last plug in for your own podcast, uh, Maverick? Uh, yeah, sure. Again, if uh, you forgot what my name was or maybe the Simpsons guy here didn't pronounce it well enough, it's Maverick. Um, here, part of the DTS Gaming Crew. Um, you can check us out at DTS underscore Gaming Crew on Instagram or Facebook, or the DTS Gaming Crew on Anchor. We're actually going to start pumping out a weekly podcast starting this Sunday. So this Sunday is going to be our first official episode, and we're hoping, um, if everything goes well, that we're going to be pumping out an episode every week. And these episodes, these podcast episodes that we're pumping out, are going to be related to gaming, board gaming, and anything related. So like gaming news, uh, releases, conventions, anything that's going on gaming related, we're going to be reporting to it. Most importantly, we're also covering, again, on the March 14th, it's going to be on a Saturday at 1 p.m. at the Gulf Coast Humane Society in Corpus Christi. They're holding a Dungeons & Dragons gathering where all the proceeds that they raise are going to benefit the animals that they take care of there. So even if you're not going to be able to join, drive up to Corpus Christi. I know it's about two and a half, three hours drive from where uh, from where the Simpsons guy here lives. But if you have family, friends, anyone out there that can reach us and donate to them, please do so. Again, we're going to be there on uh, March 14th at 1 p.m. at the Gulf Coast Humane Society. We're going to be they're reporting under the DTS gaming crew. Yes, uh, that is a good cause. I know a lot of you little snowflakes like to do good, right? So uh, this is something that you could do to give back to society. Yep. Anyway, uh, the DTS, I think uh, your first review was on the Dilbert board game. Yeah, I've actually done three board game reviews on DropTheSpotlight.com. Um, the first one was actually on Marvel Heroes, a uh, board game based off of Marvel Heroes, believe it or not. The second wow, one I did... Really? Really? <laughs> the second one I did was on a Dilbert board game, one of the best board games I've played, by the way. By the um, way, uh, we, play, we play that as a family, and it has caused many, many, many... Struggles. Yeah, if you think Monopoly is bad, no. Play Dilbert. It's ten times worse. But it um, is epic fun. Yeah, and I did a couple more on a Ticket to Ride, another board game, and I just did another one today for Code Names. Again, that website is dropthespotlight.com. It features 
not only tabletop games, but video games, music, movies, a lot of stuff. Just check it out again at dropthespotlight.com. I know you little nerds love that kind of stuff, so go ahead and give it a, give it a chance, right? Check it out. So, uh, before we end, right, I'm going to end with uh, the last, some things that I noticed while watching this episode, right? I've already mentioned Marge growling at the kids, how she looks like a lioness growling at her annoying ass cubs, right? We also, uh, uh, when Homer throws Marge onto the bed, right? I've mentioned it looks like she's having a lot of fun, like enjoying the waves of the waterbed. He's holding his knees, his knee in pain, right? Uh, and when Homer and Marge left for their night out, the peephole at the old, uh, um, at the Simpsons home, actually. So this is, Simpsons home, this yeah. is when they're kissing their kids, like, you know, oh, well, you know, you all have a good night. You behave with Mrs. Botts as they're leaving. If you notice on that frame, like they close the door as they're leaving their own house and their peephole is actually heart a shape. red heart. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, a red, it's heart. red heart. Yeah, it's, it's kind of uh, cool, I guess. Very artistic. Yeah. All right. I already mentioned Bart pouring the entire bowl of sugar on, on his cereal or oatmeal, whatever mm, the hell he was eating. Yum. It was, it was green. So I'm going <laughs> to assume it was cereal and not oatmeal because I don't know of any green oatmeal out there. Right? Uh, melon wrestling. I already mentioned that, right? I was wondering if that was a euphemism let's, or something. Let's just leave it at melon wrestling. We'll and just call it, yeah, we'll just call it melon wrestling, right? Uh, we also see the girls, right, Maggie and Lisa, their happy expressions on their face while they're ha watching the happy little elves, while Bart is in his own personal hell, right? There's also an FBI warning at the beginning of the F when they're starting to play the happy little elves. Uh, one of the other last things I did notice, the videotape, when they pop it in, when, Homer, when uh, Bart pops it in, it, the number of it is actually 666, the number of the beast. And you know what? Um, just kind of hearkening back to the good old days because uh, the Simpsons guy and I, Maverick, are a little older than uh, we'd like to admit. But we were around before the Internet was actually very prominent. It was already invented, but it, was very, it wasn't very prominent like it is today. So... Um, when I actually saw that, when you told me about that, that the videotape has the number 666 on it, I remember that a friend of mine actually brought that to my attention. And at the time, you know, before internet was very prominent, I just kind of had to take his word for it that, you know, that, hey, the Simpsons are evil. Look, they had this number 666 on the episode. Uh, when in fact, actually, if you look it up online, it could be just a bunch of conspiracy theories, the writers playing jokes on us, just, um, kind of be like Lisa, just... Don't take things too seriously. Make the best thing, you know, make the, make the best out of the bad situation that you're probably in. And just don't take yourself too seriously. It's just a joke. Yeah, I mean, some of the jokes that the Simpsons uh, have done over the years probably wouldn't fly now. Yeah, they wouldn't. Definitely. They, they wouldn't fly now. Why? They make fun of both political parties, yep. the Democrats and the Republicans. Yep. And if you try making fun of both parties nowadays you would be cast out from society totally. Yep. Anyway, so this is The Simpsons Guy and... Maverick from the DTS Gaming Crew. Saying, 
goodbye and see and hopefully you tune in next week for the start of the second season.